1: Okay, guys, welcome back to Lightweights. Today we have Joe, myself, and we have a mayor, the mayor specifically of Glendale, here with us. Very interesting. I'm actually super excited to speak with you, Um, Mayor Artie and or your last name. Can you please pronounce it for me? Kasakian. Kasakian. Okay, yes, Mayor Kasakian. Cool last name. Where are you from originally?
0: So I was born in Boston, but obviously, you know, if you can tell from the name, I'm Armenian. Both my parents are. Armenians come from like all over the place. You run into Armenians that are from all different places. I mean, after, if anyone knows history, there was a terrible genocide at the start of the 20th century. So Armenians were dispersed all over the globe to different countries. So you got Armenians in Argentina, you got Armenians in Europe and South America and everywhere, Middle East, um, uh, former Soviet Union, some in Chicago, some in uh, New Jersey,
1: where so, are you guys are from. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Belarus, right? Uh-huh. So Eastern Europe. And I will say that, Bel- the Belarusian people get along with Armenians. They real, do, absolutely, really well. The
0: Lithuanians do too. Yeah. I was at a Lithuanian festival this weekend. How are you? Yeah, in L. A. and they're like,
2: "Oh, you're Armenian." We're all like, you know, brother people. So one yeah. of our best friends is Armenian. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Antonian.
0: Yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. He's got the Jonah kebab. Oh, oh yes yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever met? uh No, I think we communicated online. I'm supposed to go and have some kebab at his place. You should. It's pretty uh, good, actually. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 And he does some funny videos. I know you guys have. (laughs) have You guys, I know you have you been in the videos, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, he has too, yeah. Everyone kind of works together in that sense, yeah. So, uh, LA, I I believe, has the highest population of Armenians in the United United States, States. in the United States, because you
0: got a lot of Armenians in Moscow, you got a lot of Armenians in different uh, places in the Middle East and like Lebanon, there's a large community in Iran. We've had Armenians in Glendale. The first Armenian family there was probably there in the 1900s, but it really didn't become a large place uh, concentration of Armenians until the 1970s after the Iranian Revolution, Mm. and then again in the 1980s, late 1980s, when the Soviet Union collapsed.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. How did you get into the position that you are currently at, and did you always want to be a mayor?
0: Yeah. So the mayor is a appointed position. I get to be mayor for one year. I'm about six months in my term. Uh, A lot of cities, smaller cities. So what we understand of government and politics, we understand from usually TV shows and what we maybe have read or, or think we know. But Um, A lot of cities the size of Glendale. And by the way, we're the fourth largest city in Los Angeles County. Los Angeles County has 88 cities in it. It's Los Angeles is the largest. Then it's Long Beach. Then it's Santa Clarita. And then it's Glendale. We used to be larger than Santa Clarita, but they passed us in this last census because they have room to grow. Anyone who's been to Santa Clarita knows that they're still building homes. And it's kind of a city that's expanding. But we're we're like a suburb of L.A., a suburban community. Um, used to be called a bedroom community. People would work in downtown, but live in Glendale. And that is still the case. Although we have a very strong economy ourselves, but your question as to how you become mayor, you run for council, uh, and we have five council members. Uh, LA has more than five Pasadena has, uh, more council members, but Glendale's structure is similar to many cities, five council members. We act like a board of directors for a corporation. We hire a city manager who is a person, the CEO who runs the city. So we make the decisions policy wise as to what direction we want the city to go in and every april in glendale we select one person among the five to serve as mayor so you become the first among equals you get to run the meeting you have the gavel you get to set the kind of tone of the meeting but your powers aren't any more or less than any of your colleagues you just get to i don't know shake more hands cut ribbons kiss babies all the (laughs) ceremony do podcasts uh, all the (laughs) ceremony and stuff um so that's how you Uh, are how you become mayor, but how you get into like city council really, I mean, there's many different paths. There isn't a traditional, I'm going to study political science and I'm going to do this. Um, I think the most important thing you can do is if you see something in your community that you want to change or make better, uh, find out, start doing the research as to how start connecting with people who think like you. And then if, being on council or being on any other elected body is the way where you can further your efforts, then you just take the plunge. And there's like really, I mean, there's certain things you do to run for office and get elected. Um, You can't just like, you know, put your name on the ballot and expect to win. You got to knock on doors. You got to talk to
1: people. You got to network. Yeah. All things that you guys probably are good at. Okay. So then two follow up questions. Uh, Did you find something that you wanted to change? in the city of glendale um and yeah i guess let's let's start with that one
0: yeah absolutely so um i grew up in glendale so i saw um my city changing um in many positive ways like glendale is much more dynamic much more diverse than it is today but um there were things that were not changing fast enough so one thing that I, i was the elected city clerk so i ran for city clerk which is an elected position and probably not enough time in this podcast to explain what exactly the city clerk does, except I'll tell you, you, run elections. So you make sure people know where to vote, when to vote, how to vote. You send out the ballots. You are basically the referee of democracy. Let's put it that way. And at the time when I was in college, there was a large population of Armenian immigrants who had just become citizens. there's about It's about a 10-year process to become a citizen. So between 19 the mid-1980s to the late 1990s, you had all these people who'd come to the U.S., you know, pursuing the American dream, had become citizens, were running their, you know, businesses, sending their kids to school, um, working in different areas, but were not really participating in elections. You had about 70,000 Armenians living in Glendale, only 700 voted in city elections. Wow. Wow. Right. So we went to the city clerk's office at the time and we're like, look, one of the problems we see is the fact that there's two problems here. One is you know, um, you mentioned your background being Belarusian. Folks who come from the Soviet system or from any of the countries in the Middle East where Armenians live, don't come from systems where political participation is encouraged, right? Yeah. Government is not necessarily your friend. Um, law enforcement is not necessarily your friend. The secret police are not necessarily your friend. So there's this, uh, I think, desire or effort to kind of, you know, the the approach for a lot of immigrants from different places who come from dysfunctional systems of government to the U.S. is, I won't, I won't get involved in government government and government hopefully won't get involved with me, right? Like we just kind of go our separate paths unless yeah. we absolutely have to interact. And we had to change that mentality and say, no, we live in a democratic country where you get to determine your fate, your future, your kids' fate, like what you know, what they learn in school, where they go to school, what gets built in your community, what doesn't get built, what, you, what services you receive. But the problem is for a lot of folks, they didn't understand. I mean, I'm a native English speaker. I was born in the U.S., but Understanding of the ballot or even understanding the propositions that are on the ballot this year is very hard if you were even if you were raised and educated in the U.S. You know, let, let alone. alone yeah. An immigrant. yeah, exactly. Right. So we said, OK let's get those materials translated to Armenian. We already translate to Spanish, but you have a greater need for Armenian in this community because of a large population. And the answer we received was, well, Armenians are technically considered white, and by law, we only have to translate them to Spanish, and you know we don't have to do it to any of the other languages and besides. Um, Whatever. So that answer wasn't good enough for me. And, you know, my friends tell me that that was the day when I apparently said, well, I'm going to run for city clerk and change the system. And so when I eventually uh, looking, I don't think that was quite my origin story or that's how it went down. But I did run for city clerk in how 2005. Old were you? I was 27. OK, so I, I got elected. There was nine candidates running total. I was a top vote getter. And as soon as I got in, one of the things I did was start making voting materials available, not just in Armenian, but in Tagalog, in Korean, in Spanish, and Spanish, and trying to be um, a person who helps people understand what their rights are, and how they can have a voice in government. And after that, now we have, you know, one of the highest Armenian voter participation rates. We're working on also increasing that number among other minority groups. I believe everyone should have a seat at the table. I often tell folks, you know, when it comes to decisions that affect our lives, um, you're either sitting, you either have a seat at the table or you're on the menu. So you decide which it is. Yeah. Right. And, um, that's kind of what got me involved is just letting people have a voice.
2: When you decided to run, what which, what was your first move? Like how um, do you tell people that you're running?
0: Well, first of all, you tell the people closest to you, right? You got to tell the people who maybe have encouraged you. It wasn't like I sat in a vacuum. People had told me I should consider it. And actually, I wasn't the one who thought of it. Someone came to me and said, look, the city clerk position is open. I know you care about this issue. Um, you should run for the spot. And there was kind of like, you know, the, you know, everyone that goes through self-doubt when you're about to take on a big project or a big endeavor, and, and I wasn't, you know, I'm not an exception to that. I talked to friends, and when I saw that people were very excited or interested in seeing me uh, run for that position, I decided to do it. And I'll be honest with you, 27, I didn't think I would necessarily win. My goal was if I participate in the process and I raise those issues that I care about and it becomes part of the debate and the dialogue and people are talking about it around their coffee tables or in the kitchen in their homes, then that's like a net gain, right? I've already impacted what's being talked about in my community. And lo and behold, I actually won. So here we are.
1: What's the next step uh, after mayor? Is there something else that you'd like to do? I, hey, like, what does that branch okay. branch yeah. out to, I guess? I, I, I
0: don't know why my ma- mind went to video games and like leveling up or something, <laughs> but um, I think like as, uh, no, well, there's always this uh, kind of idea that if you're at this position and you're setting yourself up for something else, you're going to run for Congress or you're going to run for this, or yeah. you know, in California, we have a state legislature made up of a Senate Assembly. I ran for the state assembly in 2016, which is the equivalent of our House of Representatives, but for Sacramento. Um, I made it through the primary and then I lost in the general Um, and uh, I am content right now just making sure that my city is run well there's a lot to keep me busy. Um, yeah. You know, we, we were trying to make sure Have you guys been to Glendale. Yeah, yeah of course. I yeah. live in Burbank. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah. we're better than Burbank. <laughs> 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 no. right. I'm, I'm obviously, you know, bullish on Glendale. I think Glendale is awesome, but yeah, Burbank's fine too.
2: I was like two streets <laughs> over from Glendale. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. What are your, some of your guys' favorite places in Glendale? I honestly couldn't name one, but I do love Glendale and I'll explain why I love Glendale. Mm-hmm. When you go to that side of, uh, L.A., it's something that you don't always expect. You know what I mean? Like, it's extremely clean. You guys have a lot of new development, I feel like. I just like the feel and the vibe of it. And, you know, I couldn't name a, a place there necessarily. But you've been to the mall and the Galleria. Of course, Galleria is And Zanku gorgeous. Chicken. You guys have yeah. had Zanku Chicken. Of course. I mean, I actually, I mean it's I've no
0: Jonah's played. kebab, but it's like, <laughs> you know. No,
1: yeah, I've, I've been to the mall. like All like the, uh, the bigger places, yeah, I've definitely been to. Have okay, you been yeah. to Great White
2: Hut? That's I awesome. have, yeah, yeah. They're great.
1: They're good. They're good. Um, I have a whole list of like favorite
0: places to eat. You're a big foodie. I know. That's I, how we I, met. Yeah, exactly. What video? Barbecue. You it was a barbecue video.
1: Bledsoe's barbecue. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We're opening up a pizzeria in West Hollywood, actually. Why not Glendale? Well, soon. Right. Glendale. Yeah, we just happened to, we happened to find a really, really cool spot on Sunset awesome. Boulevard, and we went with it, but we want one in every city, so... That's awesome. Coming soon to Glendale. can't wait. Um,
0: Yeah, well, Glendale has a great food scene, so you guys should come check it out. We have a lot of great things, and I appreciate you saying that. We work very hard to make sure our city is inviting and welcoming and, uh, you know, that we run a tight ship. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Are you familiar with a lot of other mayors?
0: Yeah. Idlewild? Uh, No. You don't know Mayor Max? No. Is he someone I should get to know? Blonde hair? No. (laughs) What's his social security number? No, I don't know. <laughs> you could probably tell I don't <laughs> know. I mean, like, for instance, I, I know the mayors of our neighboring cities. I know the mayor of Pasadena. I know the mayor of Burbank. We, you know, share an airport. The Burbank airport is actually the Glendale Pasadena Burbank airport. So it's run by the three cities. Um, I know Mayor Garcetti. This is Mayor Max. Oh no! Wait, are you serious? No, that <laughs> can't be right. You should reach out. Uh, um, sure. You got to make uh, a big impact. Can folks see this? Like it's a, it's yeah, a, it's those, an actual. See it. it's a golden see it, Retriever.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: he does a lot. He, of, of He does what city? have better hair than I do. Idlewild. Where is Idlewild?
0: It's like an Angeles Crest. No, where is that? Idlewild. Um, Idlewood. Riverside. Riverside. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. his
2: duties include visiting with locals. And attending business grand openings. So yeah, Idlewild is
0: in the mountains. It's a pretty community. I didn't realize they had a dog mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really cool. Yeah.
2: Do
1: you guys? I kind of feel less important now. Like a dog can do the job you're doing. <laughs> no, no, no. Like... I'm sure your policies are better. <laughs> <laughs> do mayors ever gather for dinners or other events? We see each other at events. There's a California League of California Cities conference, and we see,
0: them at, we see each other at various things. You know, Obviously, if you're politically engaged, there's two aspects of the job, right? There's the running the operations day-to-day, making sure your city is well-run, and then you got to campaign for re-election. And on the campaign circuit, um, and right now we're going through an election cycle. Fortunately, I'm not going through an election. But you'll see a lot of the same folks at various events, especially for um, the Democratic Party, which is very, very big here in L.A., I would say almost pretty much the Democratic Party dominates the political partisan um, dialogue and scene in in L.A. So we see each other at stuff.
1: Yeah. Do you are you familiar with the mayor of West Hollywood?
0: Uh, I used to be. But um, so they have a rotating mayorship as well. I've known a number of their mayors.
1: Is that so every city has a a rotation of one year? Yes. So the
0: next mayor in Glendale will be a gentleman by name of Dan Brotman. Um, oh, it's already determined. Yeah, it's already determined. Oh,
1: so you, you can't win twice in a row? No. Is it voted amongst
2: the five of you?
0: Yeah, but we it used to be voted, and so some people were kind of left out of the mayorship. When I came in, um, I, I thought that it's best for us to just have a set sequence so everyone gets a shot at being mayor. Because, again, it's not like you get any type of extra power and you don't get extra, you know— cheese on your cheeseburger or anything cool like there's nothing you know it's not i mean you get a parking spot that says mayor that's it but that's honestly worth it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah in la i guess some parts of la but it's only at city hall um so we had a set rotation so now we know who's going to be mayor for the next you know however many years depending on who gets elected And i just think it makes it easier it takes some of the guessing out of it so and when i can't be at events i'll try to send one of my well, I don't send them if they want to go, but I'll send other council members. And then so next year when I'm done, I hand the gavel over and then I get to be a regular council person.
1: So being a mayor, I assume that you make up your own schedule.
0: Uh, Yeah, for the most part. OK, I, I'm sorry. I'm still there's a dog mayor that I still can't get over. <laughs> that I don't
1: know why I, I was I wasn't expecting that today. Yeah. No. Yeah. Apparently it's real. It's on Wikipedia. So it must be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so
0: I do make up my own schedule, yeah, for the most part. Um, I have an assistant at City Hall um, who helps all the council members with their schedule.
1: Okay. Uh, the reason I ask that is in Vernon Hills where I grew up. I don't know if this is the case still, but I remember my, my buddies and I would see our mayor, I mean, multiple times a week on the golf course, <laughs> hanging out. And that's cool. Like, I yeah. feel like if you've made it to that level, you can kind of do what you want. But that's why I was asking if you make up your own schedule and, like, take as many vacations as you'd like or if it's much more so it's hum- not f- humble in that so it's not a full-time position I will tell you that like, okay that's that I guess that's my question so
0: like. we have to be only at we're only obligated to be at city council meetings to vote on uh you know items that come before us on tuesdays so tuesdays are the busiest day because you're in meetings all day and they're public televised meetings Um, people can follow it online you can go to glendaleca.gov and watch the past meetings or look at the agenda but besides that um you there's no obligation that says you have to be at city hall now i have my own consulting company and i try to uh, focus on that as much as i can But I have meetings. I have um, meetings with different, like, you know, right before I came here, I was meeting with some um, executives at a local studio about uh, how they like being in Glendale. We have, by the way, major studios in Glendale because entertainment is a big part of our economy. Um, I am... I'll be traveling overseas soon to try and uh, get investments and companies to come and locate to Glendale um, and talk about how Glendale, how great it is. I've been to other conferences. So there's other stuff that you do. If you wanted to, you could be busy doing council work all the time. But um, council in Glendale pays like less than $20,000 a year being mayor on council. So you can't really support yourself or your family on that. Um, And so most of the council members I work with are either retired or have another job. You know, one's an attorney, one, you know, I also teach at uh, Glendale Community College. I teach political science, um, poli-sci 101. So I haven't taught that the last few semesters through COVID, but hopefully uh, I'll restart that as well.
1: Yeah, I I did not know that. I thought it was uh, a full-time, like that's your only gig. In
0: LA it is. And I'll tell you the difference is, you know, I told you what, you know, council member in Glendale or in Burbank makes, right? Uh, They're somewhat similar, Uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But in L.A., a council person makes like $170,000, right? So it's a full-time job for them. That's all they do. They don't do anything else. They have their staffs. Um, And each council member in L.A. is like the mayor of their district. They kind of can help allocate resources to it, you know, get the sidewalks fixed or whatever else. Glendale is much smaller. Our whole population is like less than 200,000. We're roughly 200,000. And so, um, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time playing golf so I don't know like yeah I wish I could I don't know me
1: too I don't know how
0: <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I think you just gotta start you guys uh, are probably the kinds of people that could do whatever you put your minds to so
1: yeah well thank you um, a follow-up question to that I just had it on top of my mind um, oh you consulting agency yeah uh, what do you consult on
0: So I do everything from marketing and public relations. That's what my background is in, to government relations. Um, So if you, you know, I I work with a company now that is based out of Pasadena, and they take old uh, office buildings and convert them to housing Um, because, you know, there's been a lot less... Um, uh, demand for in-person office work mm-hmm. and there are a lot of office buildings that are a lot more vacant now than they were pre-COVID so there's a major need for housing and this company that I work with takes those and converts them to housing nice okay. and then um, I've done some consulting work for other different types of agencies nonprofits, um, and it's mostly advising them on how to best position themselves to get you know, more attention for the good work that they're doing. There's a lot of people doing good work, but, you know, uh, I, I kind of say if a tree falls in the forest, but, you know, there's no press release about it or there's no social media uh, posts about it, you that know, who really knows? Like, it. yeah. Yeah. So it's all about making sure that people who are doing good work are getting the attention and exposure they need.
1: Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah. Is that in Glendale?
0: It is. The one in the Galleria.
1: Right, right above uh By the right gym. below the gym. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite place. Is it? Yes. Really? Yeah. Why? I just I don't know. I just I love Dick's Sporting Goods. You walk in they're there. They're great. See, <laughs> no doubt. They're great. And just that one specifically, it's massive. Yeah.
0: And very nice and clean and Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite place for sure. Really? Yeah, I'm telling you. I I just I'm I I love this all things sports. So Yeah. Cool. What now, was your, yeah, go ahead.
0: What
2: was your favorite ribbon cutting ceremony you went to? My favorite ribbon cutting ceremony? Oh, you're going to get me in Dick trouble
0: because if I say one, <laughs> you know, I wasn't that Dick's Sporting Goods one, um, but um, I would have liked to have been there, uh, which was the last one I was at. We just did a new apartment complex uh, in Glendale. Um, prior to that, we've had like medical offices, the Starbucks ribbon cutting. I don't have a favorite one. It's not like I look f- – it's not like the ribbon-cutting ceremonies. You're like, ooh, I get to cut a ribbon. I mean, it, and it's funny because there's actually a massive scissor that they use. It's like yeah. this big prop scissor, you need but actually video. cuts. Yeah, we one. Um, are you really? Yeah. Why? For, like, haircuts or
1: <laughs> – No, no. I mean, we just wanted to do it for, like, a video, a funny video. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk afterwards. I know some folks who can hook up with (laughs) a giant (laughs) scissor. The Glendale Chamber of Commerce, actually. Just call them. Perfect. I'm sure they know.
2: They had to buy it from somewhere, right? Yeah. There's someone out there making Making giants. This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. If you don't know, Rosetta Stone is the number one most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. That's right. You can now immerse yourself in the language you want to learn. So whether you're traveling abroad or you want to watch some foreign movies and TV shows, break down the communication barriers with Rosetta Stone. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, the list goes on and on. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Pick up the language naturally, first with the words then phrases, then sentences. It's designed for long-term retention. Plus there's the built-in true accent feature, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like having a personal trainer, but for your accent. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweights Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit RosettaStone.com/today. That is fifty percent off unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem now for fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/today. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at HereYouAreAZ.com.
1: Is, yeah. Um, Do you uh, get the name street names?
0: So I don't myself, but we as a council have. And we actually had somewhat controversial name change a few years back where the city council, I wasn't part of the city council then, but I was city clerk. So I was in the meetings. Um, They changed the name of a street that was named Maryland just after the state. Mm -hmm. Although someone said it was named after the wife of uh, Leslie Brand, who was one of the oldest and most famous residents of Glendale Brand Boulevard is named after him. So the street in Maryland was changed to Artsakh, which is a region next to Armenia, populated mostly by Armenians. They've lived there for thousands of years and it's come under attack. I don't know if you guys have heard about what's happening in Armenia with the um, uh, war where Azerbaijan and Turkey attacked uh, Armenia during the 2020 um war and pan, un, under, during the pandemic. So prior to that, they changed the name of that street to Artsakh. Some folks uh, protested it. Some folks supported it. But I think in hindsight, it was overall a, a wonderful thing for the city because it helped celebrate the Armenian heritage. And we didn't have any streets named after anything that was Armenian, even though Armenians are such a big part of the Glendale community. They're about 40% of Glendale, I think, is Armenian.
1: Why would you protest uh, something like that?
0: So if you have a business on there, like, well, uh, who knows, right? Why why do people protest anything? But one of the arguments was, and I can understand that, as, that some businesses said it was going to cost them a lot of money to change, you know, their letterhead and re... Okay, uh, yeah, that you makes know. sense. I mean, and so the city council at the time did provide some help with that. They're like, okay, we'll give you guys some financial grants. like, But it wasn't nearly enough to cover all the expenses. But I think it was important to do. Um, And I personally, I would like to see a few other street names change to kind of celebrate our Asian heritage. Um, Glendale has this great story where uh, our only Medal of Honor recipient was a young Japanese-American, Hideo Munamori, who um, was born in Glendale, put in a Japanese internment camp during World War II, but then went on to go serve with the Gopher Broke 442nd Division of the U.S. Army. And this was one of the most um, highly decorated divisions in our American armed forces. And most of them, a lot of them died in action, which is what happened to Munamori while he was in Italy, uh, you know, during the push to Berlin. Um, And. Many of these Japanese Americans who fought bravely were never recognized for their courage until like 20 years after the war. Munamori was one of the only ones who actually received the Congressional Medal of Honor right after the war. And it was just because someone in his family or someone close to the family knew the state, knew the senator from Utah, of all people, um, Utah or Colorado. So he gets the Congressional Medal of Honor, but none of the other Japanese do until like 20 years later when they open up the papers and they look at kind of the policies that kept people of color from receiving you know recognition for what they did. So I'd like to name a street after him in Glendale. That would be, I think, really cool because it reminds people, A, uh, what the Japanese-Americans endured during World War II uh, when their property was taken away and they were put in internment camps. But, uh, two, it would uh, honor someone who I think is someone whose bravery and service to our country needs to be celebrated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Lightweights is a good name.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which brings us to our next point. What kind of donation do we have to make to get a bench or anything named after us? um a bench i don't know
0: i mean i guess you would have to buy the bench but we can do that um what do you what do you want to have named after you i think one of you guys was asking me earlier by the way the key to the city if whether we have the keys can we get that um you know so
2: we We can go to dicks (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we do we do we
0: do we do we do give out sir i am we it's do cool give out there. ceremonial keys to the city. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we could look into that. There's an actual key to the city too, but that's like an actual, like it's a real key. Yeah. Where does it lead to? Um, it opens the door to city hall. But <laughs> it opens I the can, door to the front door. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't want to tell the you guys where door. that is because <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like the next question will be like, does this smell like chloroform to you? And the next thing you know, I like, I wake up and, you know,
1: but if there I'm is the the a there, there, yeah, there is an
0: actual key to the city. Does there, there is, uh, and we do have ceremonial keys as well. Yeah, and uh, we can talk. Um, we'll get together with Nick. How's yeah. that? And then uh, we'll do like a, the other ambassador of yeah, Glendale. Yeah, the other ambassador <laughs> of Glendale, your Armenian friend you were telling me about, and we could uh, yeah, I'll show you really what funny. it looks like. That's yeah. great, actually.
1: What's the biggest perk of being the mayor?
2: Besides the parking spot.
1: (laughs) Besides the parking spot? Yeah, we've released that besides like one. That's
2: like
0: number one. Yeah, but two. Um, it's, it's not an easy job because people call you a lot with concerns and, uh, complaints. Like, you know, when your electricity comes on and you're able to take a hot shower, you take all those things for granted, even though it's provided by the city. Um, but no one says, Hey, you know, everything went well and nothing went wrong. Let me stop by city hall and thank the good folks that work in there. But if any of those things doesn't work, you bet we hear about it. Right. Um, and everything. I had a gentleman who actually called me the other day. Um, or contacted me and this was pretty interesting. So we live really close to the hills and mountains. So we have all sorts of wildlife and there was a mama bear with like two cubs just chilling in a black bear or it was uh, yeah, a black bear, but it was more Brown. But it, the, I think the type okay. of bear was a black bear and I, you guys just had a run in with a bear recently, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did um, in, um, Sequoia. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful place. Yeah. So, um, he had called and he's like, well, how do I get rid of the bears? And we we're trying to investigate <laughs> I, into that. How do um, I tell the bear to move? Yeah. why I voted for you. Help me. Um, <laughs> Um, But, you know, the best days are when I'm able to just help folks and get them to understand that, hey, government is your friend. Like we are actually functional and we can do good things. And the perk of the job is just making people's lives a little better. I mean, we all are living such difficult and stressful lives right now that if I can help make someone's life a little less stressful, like when we we just put a we're able to put a homeless family um, into some housing. And, you know, we're going to help, you know, make their kids Halloween amazing. And, oh, wow. you know, I, I was just recently trying to collect furniture for this family. And, you know, all those like types of things really make the job. Um, it, it makes you feel like you're on top of the world when you see people's smiles. But the flip side of it is a lot of people get angry at their politicians and public officials and public servants. So, you know, the highs are really high. The lows those, can be low, yeah. but at the end, it all balances out. Right.
2: What you end up doing with the bear? What did you wrestle? Oh, the bear?
0: (laughs) No. So we're still trying to figure out what to do with the bear. The problem is it was during the heat wave. And so, um, it was trying to find a place to cool off and, but there was two cubs and that was what was a concern for me because you don't mess with a mama bear with two cubs. No. No, you don't. Um, but we've had a number of, there was a few years back, there was a big issue with a bear that we ended up calling meatball. Because it went through someone's trash and ate all their Costco meatballs. So that bear kept coming back for more meatballs. Shout out, apparently, for Costco's uh, meatballs. Uh, and uh, we had to relocate that bear. It went to some bear sanctuary. But you can look it up, Meatball the Bear.
2: Are there mountain lions <laughs> in great. those mountains?
0: Yes. So we're one of three major cities in the world that have big cats living within, oh, our, within hell our borders. no. I, I hike all the time to Bell no. Golf Course yeah. up
2: there. Uh-huh. Do I need to be worried? No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I mean, ask, listen, how,
0: uh, how How scarce are they? How rare are they? I have lived and hiked in those mountains for, you know, as long as I can remember. I've never seen a mountain lion. But, again, as you can tell from my physique, I'm not an avid hiker. I'm sure someone who's in those mountains more often sees them once in a while. But, you know, people who are who have lived in Glendale their whole lives maybe will see a mountain lion once. If you see a mountain lion, you're very fortunate. By the way, if you see a mountain lion, Uh, you're lucky because apparently the time to worry is when... When you you don't see it. Yeah, because they attack from behind. Yeah. Um, But take a stick with you. Take a whistle. Always have that handy. Um, You'll be all right. I I, I don't want to discourage people's hiking habits by saying there's mountain lions. And there's bobcats. People have seen bobcats on trail. Animals are more afraid of us than we are of them. So I'm not... Feeling like you're buying that from the looking <laughs> room. Uh, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, I, I know just, I could take I one, thinking, so i no, not you, Really? No, of course. No. First no. Of all, there's absolutely no way. we do you mean take one? Like, Easily. How?
2: I, well, I'd have a pocket knife with me.
1: Okay, by the time you opened it and... What are you talking about, man? Dude. By the time... the You understand how quick those cats are? By the time he attacks you, he's on top of you, right? Okay, so now you're going to get your, your pocket knife out of your pocket, whip it out, open it, and stab him. We're talking right? about cat reflexes, by the way. Like, I, don't, I don't need to defend myself. I know you know what's crazy. He's serious. Like I, I genuinely <laughs>
2: think I could take a mountain lion, not a, a full grown one, but like like a two year old at max. Children, if you're listening, please
0: <laughs> do not. Li- what are you do talking about? To, do not try to <laughs>
2: take out mountain lions. No, like, I'm not going for it. I'm saying in self
1: defense. In self defense, all a right. A two year old so. mountain lion will fuck you up. I'm telling you right now. <laughs>
0: I don't even know how big a two-year-old mountain lion is, but I would probably bet on, yeah, it messing you up too.
2: Yeah, well, we'll both go away, surviving.
0: But the most important thing is if you do see any animal is to there was a video uh on YouTube of a gentleman who saw a mountain lion on and the trail. And he's walking back that yeah, yeah, path. Yeah, exactly. So you don't turn your uh back to them. You nope. just raise your hands above your head. I think it's like you're supposed to make yourself seem larger. I think your bigger concern in uh as an avid hiker is coyotes. Coyotes oh, yeah?
2: are all over the place. What about snakes? snakes? Are there a lot of rattlesnakes? Yeah yeah we do there?
0: have rattlesnakes, but again it's all seasonal, right? I've been told like during the winter months it's they're more dormant. Um, they'll come out during, and you'll hear or see the snake. Just always be careful. I've always seen a bunch yeah. on,
2: um, the trail over here. Fryman?
0: Fryman, yeah. Uh, I've, you know, I've only seen a couple of snakes. None of them were rattlesnakes. Um, I've seen two so rattlesnakes. Rattle really?
1: Yeah. I saw black widow the other day in mm-hmm. my okay. garage. Oh yeah? Yeah.
0: You That's- seem, you seem like pretty shaken by it. No, I'm no? good. I'm okay. good. He's no, fine now. I'm fine yeah. now.
2: It's been a few days. <laughs>
1: yeah, but so I'll tell you a funny thing
0: about coyotes and so and the city of Glendale is that uh, there's a Glendale, Arizona. It's home to the Phoenix Coyotes NHL team, right? Mm-hmm. You guys know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. been there. Yeah. So um, apparently uh, they weren't going to be able to keep them, and they were thinking of relocating. So there was some headline saying. Um, Uh, Glendale is going to get rid of the coyotes, right? And so people started calling our office and yelling at us and saying, like, well, how dare you guys get rid of coyotes? And then a bunch of animal activists also misunderstood. So we had people telling us, like, why are we harming the coyotes? And it was just it was a cluster bomb it was just like
2: for (laughs) an entire day we had to i I spent my time explaining a
1: problem arises literally out of nowhere yeah you know a thousand miles away from a thousand miles away
0: yeah i don't know if glendale arizona is a thousand miles, but yeah it was uh yeah. yeah it was an issue for a whole day
1: what's the weirdest thing that you've ever had to sign off on we were like i can't believe i'm signing this but whatever
0: um, I don't know. I try not to sign anything weird, but I do kind of wonder like where my signatures like because, you know, my signature is public. We sign anyone who's on council, who serves as mayor, officially attests to any rules, laws, resolutions, allocation of funds. So I can't think of anything that I've signed that's odd. I, I, <laughs> so I gave a talk to a group of kids um at an elementary school recently. It was actually K through eight. And one of the kids, actually, a bunch of the kids asked me to sign their arms and their hands afterwards. So like, I like don't get asked. kids? Yeah, yeah. They were like asking like for autographs. And then one of them didn't have a piece of paper. So they're like, will you sign my hand or my arm? So I did. Like, it was really weird because I, I was like, okay, this is how like musicians <laughs> at like rock concerts must feel. Except it was like all these like tiny kids holding up their hands and they was, I was
2: signing them. Do a lot of people ask you to kiss their babies? um no no
0: no one has volunteered it i haven't kissed any babies
2: do you hold babies
0: i do hold babies i do hold I i'm love. really good at holding babies
2: i want to have a baby just to have you hold them
0: i you know what as soon as that happens you let me know you have my contact info i will be there to just like, <laughs> give you nine just months hold hold it like this. We'll make it happen joe um we'll make it happen yeah, yeah. no, that's weird man. parenthood is great i highly encourage it become parents <laughs> uh do you have kids I do. I have one. One son. Yeah, one one son. son. Yeah. How old? He's eight. He'll be eight in uh, October. Nice. nice. Yeah. So we're kind of struggling as to, um, he's really getting into video games, but we don't have a console for him. So that's a big kind of debate that we're having. How long do we wait before he, how old were you guys
2: when you first started playing video games? I was six. Really? But I, oh, that's holy. when what? like it first
1: came out. Uh-huh. So it was uh-huh. like, it wasn't known to be anything. I was probably uh-huh. like 10. But I just I started late because I we couldn't afford one. I think. Yeah. I, um, my friends though, yeah, I started like around eight. Eight's like pretty average. I feel like. My, ma- my, my mom wouldn't let me play um, M-rated games until I was like, twelve or thirteen. I think even yeah.
2: I wasn't allowed to play
1: Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah. I mean, and now it's even more violent. Like, right. I've seen some of those cutscenes.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Emerita Games, when you're a kid, is the absolute best. Yeah. It's the absolute best, you know? W-
0: w- why do you think that is? Is it just, like, because it's, like, the forbidden fruit? Yeah. Like, you're yeah. doing something that's kind of... Totally.
2: You're getting away with something.
1: Yeah. Totally. And it's fun. Because your right?
2: parents don't know, like, what's really happening in that game. But, like, there you are playing it in the living room.
1: I, I, remember, yeah. I remember I was uh, I was at GameStop with my mom, and... The guy like understood. The guy working there understood what was going on, and so like collaborated with you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like he's like, he's like, they're not gonna be like any limbs or anything like that flying off. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and yeah, we ended up buying the game, and that game happened to be uh, Call of Duty: World at War. Where there actually were limbs flying off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, he, he hooked me up, man. He hooked me up. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: You should get him in a Nintendo.
1: Yeah, yeah, like Mario Kart or something. Yeah. Or whatever. That yeah. one's pretty much for kids. Yeah. Mario Kart's good. That's a really fun game.
2: Like,
0: what I don't want to ha- see happen is, like, my kid, like, zone out for a long time in front of a screen. But I guess, like, that's happening. Now, like, video gaming is, like, a sport. Yeah. That's
1: yeah, an esport. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it, it is really crazy. I know people say this all the time, but, like, you know, even when we were kids, we wouldn't have iPads or iPhones or yeah. like nothing near that. So we would we would have to go and like play outside or like use our imagination or whatever. And I don't know if that's happening now. I don't know if that's like a, a cliche thing to say that like all kids are on their phone. Like are kids still playing outside that have iPhones. I feel like they do. Right. I think
0: well, we have like a lot of parks and a lot of athletics in Glendale. We have one of the largest AYSO chapters. Soccer is huge. But, yeah, I think it's a constant struggle to get kids to keep off the screens or at least to be disciplined about how much time they're spending on screen. So we try to encourage outdoor activity. It was really hard during COVID, especially when school is on computers. Yeah. So now we're trying to bring it back. We do um, tournaments uh, for the schools. But, I mean, so... I feel like you. So you're into fitness, right? You mentioned Dick's Sporting Goods is your favorite place in Glendale. Yes, different, but um, <laughs> you know, and and like I, I know that you you've uh, promoted fitness. So how do you feel that like uh, games are considered now like a sport
1: per se? That's a good question. Um, I think going back to what you said, if, if you're disciplined about it and you balance that with physical activity and fitness, then I think it's fine. But if you kind of t- let that take over your life, then it's not good. And that doesn't necessarily only go for video games, right? I mean, it can go for if you work long hours at a job or whatnot. You still have to balance fitness into your life. You yeah. Know? But yeah, I I I don't think esports necessarily is you know a, a root cause for people not being active. Yeah.
0: Uh, I heard a very interesting argument for them, in that, you know, all the elements um, that are great for team sports you can find in esports, And I hadn't thought of it that way. Like, you know, now it's not just like you playing in a world. You're playing with team members and you're communicating and collaborating. collaborating yeah. And there's some creative thinking aspects of it, which is what, you know, there's physical, I guess, skill and talent involved with playing some of the team sports like basketball or soccer or baseball. Um, but, you know, some of the mental aspects of what you makes you good at those games is also – uh enhanced when you're playing uh video games i'm not saying this to promote video games per se it's just not a way i hadn't thought of looking at it before and you know i agree with you i think it's about balance like just do everything in moderation
1: yeah
2: yeah just to play on that too it helps you meet people yeah exactly and like become friendly with them and social interactions like one of my best friends was from connecticut best internet friends and we just played certain games all the time and even during the pandemic we would play call of duty and, like, we'd have our squad of four, and you have to, like, plan things out. And, and
0: you met him online. You had not—you didn't know him before. He just became part of that team.
2: Yeah. It, we just—I knew that he was good, and I was at the same level as him, and we like playing together, and we'd get into lobbies, and we'd find other people to play with, and—
0: Maybe I should, like, create, like, a squad of, like, council members or mayors to play. Uh, I would be terrible at any video game. Have you ever you... played Call of Duty? No. I, I mean, I've tried, but, like, there's too many buttons on the new controllers to press. There's, like, a one <laughs> and an R2 and an L1. Like, <laughs> L1 I'm L3, used yeah. to, like, the old Nintendo kind of up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. B-A start. B-A start. <laughs> yeah, from
1: Contra. Your client name should be Mayors. <laughs> Mayors, <laughs> imagine getting in that lobby You're talking <laughs> politics <laughs> This funny.
2: is the last one I gotta hop off I gotta uh, sign a bill
0: uh, We'll get the mayor from uh,
2: I- Idlewood Mayor Max Yeah Idlewild Idlewild, Idlewild. Yeah. <laughs> Cool are, you, are we good? Yeah I think we're good Where are we at? Uh, okay Well, cool. how do we address you mayor? I, I like calling you Mr. Mayor You know you can call me Artie Artie uh,
0: Mr. Mayor Artie, Artie. Sakian. Kasaki and For another 6 months and then Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'll be Council Member Artie or Council Member Kasakin. Were you on the
2: council during COVID?
0: I was. Was that mayhem? It was. Wow. It was. You know, I had to take my oath of office over Zoom. We didn't know. None of us knew what Zoom was before that, right? Yeah. and it was really rough going during COVID because it, it felt like we were we were doing the best we can with the information we had and that information kept changing. And it was kind of crazy how sometimes even the directives we had weren't making sense.
2: Were you getting information other than from the news? Were you getting different sources?
0: So we have three major hospitals in Glendale um, where most cities don't even have one. So we were fortunate enough to have those hospitals along with our fire department giving us information As to what was happening in real time. Directly from the source. Um, And so when people were like, oh, this is a hoax. This is not happening. Like, I had friends who were doctors who were like, I have to tell people that their loved ones going to die because this person was a relatively healthy, you know, 30-something-year-old or 40-something-year-old. And now they're not going to make it. Um, And so... You know, we took it very seriously. Unfortunately, um, Glendale w- wasn't at the top of, you know, we didn't have the highest vaccination rates initially. Um, and that's, I think, partly because of um, our community. There was, again, goes back to, you know, having a community. More more than half of our residents in Glendale, by the way, were born somewhere other than the United States. Wow. Yeah, so I think that there's this general skepticism. So it was how to cut through that skepticism and get to people in, with ways they can understand. So how do we use their news, their community newspapers or their outlets to get them information about get vaccinated? um, You know, be careful, practice good hygiene, which um, I think is probably the best thing that come out, came out of COVID, right? People washing their hands. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like how many people were not washing their hands before? It's kind of I remember
1: when COVID started, I I would wash my hands actually more than what was needed. And I, I know that there's a certain amount of, germs that you have to have on your hands mm-hmm. right i don't know about that but i'll i'll yeah. go with it yeah me too i don't really know either but that's what i heard <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah i'd wash my hands like 10 15 times a day at yeah, least yeah. the bare minimum
2: every time after you go to the bathroom you do it
1: well i think we all carry hand sanitizer
0: or we have hand sanitizer somewhere nowadays and i think that's good yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah okay cool thank you mr mayor yes sir thank Absolutely. you very much thank for coming on no i appreciate it yeah and thanks yes. for giving us this pass to get us out of jail uh it's He's just having <laughs> <me hit. laughs> it's,
0: it's my business card you guys can have it I, I i don't think it will get you out of jail they may give you a nicer jail cell um, but um yeah all right uh, we'll we'll talk about the key to glendale <laughs> yes yes we really want a bench why did why a bench i don't
1: know yes no man that'd be sick why this bench is presented by lightweights so lame whatever <laughs> or what if, what if, what if it's like a workout bench yeah okay,
2: sure <laughs> 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 at dicks let's put it there uh, <coughs>
0: you right we'll figure Dix. something out we'll figure something out cool. Definitely. Okay. thanks right. again thank you thank you